Hi there, and welcome to Vineyard Church Delaware County's podcast. My name is Michael Hansen. I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and I am so glad that you have joined us for this week's message. I'm going to have a little bit more to say at the end, but for now, enjoy the teaching. Hey, good morning, everybody. How are we doing? Good, good, nice. To, those of you joining us online as well, glad that you're with us. Uh, this is different. This is, this is, I like this, I think, maybe, maybe not, I don't know. I just leaned over to my wife and I said, how's the back of my shirt? Is it need ironed? Like, because I realized I probably should have done a better job of that. I also thought to myself, how did Michael do this last week? How did he walk around the circle and get away from his notes and then be upside down? So I've upgraded. We have installed a lazy Susan. So now we have, you know, we can just rotate. I feel like, I feel like Price is Right or something like that. Like Bob Barker, tell them what they want. Uh, but no, it's good to, this is fun. It's good to be with you guys today. We're continuing in a series today that we started last weekend called Better Together, where we didn't just want to talk about being better together. We wanted to actually practice it. And we wanted to do it and, and make our space where we were better together. You know, usually on, not only here in this church, but really in, across churches on most weekends, you know, most of the way things are set up for a weekend service is where you have, you know, a few people active on a stage. You have a worship team, you have a speaker, right? And they're doing most of the activity. But then there are also, the majority of people are down below in rows being, being less, less participatory. And we wanted to kind of break away from that, that model of performer audience model. But if that's all we were trying to do, that's all we were trying to do by this is we could have just brought the, the worship team and myself down here and we could have kept the rows, right? We could have kept the rows, but we didn't want to do that. We wanted to do it in the round, in the circle, because it's been said that life change happens most effectively in the round, not in rows. When we get in spaces where we are around other people, right? We are not only all on the same level ground, we're all equally as important. We're all equally needed, right? In a circle, a circle has no beginning, no end. There's no first, there's no last. Everyone is needed, or like we like to say in the vineyard, everyone gets to play, right? And where we see this most effective and most practical is not here on the weekend services. We'll probably not, there's, I mean, we probably won't do this every weekend. We're just going to do this for the series. But where we see this most effective is in small groups, in small groups, where you're sitting in a circle together. You're sitting in a circle together around a living room. You are sitting in a circle together around a kitchen table, sharing, listening, praying, worshiping, contributing your ideas, your giftings to the group taking chances in safe spaces with people that you know and they know you and you know that um, they care for you and you care for them. That's, where, that's the setting where we see that transformational growth tends to happen the most and where we get to practice this idea of being better together most effectively. And so I just, quick plug again, if you are not in a small group, this is a great time of year to get, connect in a small group. Grab a few cards off the card wall before you leave today. Take them home and don't just put them at the bottom of your pile on your desk and find them three months from now, right? Try a few out. Check a few out in the coming weeks and, uh, and, and get connected in a small group. But for this short three-week series on the weekends, we are attempting to bring the small group to you. 
We are attempting to do that here in our weekend services with a strong emphasis of trying to be very practical uh, and very hands-on. So if you were here last weekend, Michael talked about the five-step prayer model, how we can learn to pray for each other in a non-hype way, right? In a non-threatening way, face-to-face. If you want to throw that slide up of the five steps, right? We talked about this, if you remember. Ask, invite, pray, check, and plan. And we got to practice those together. And in a way, I like to remember that, you know, we put that slide up every weekend at the end of every service. But if you're not here or you're praying for somebody out in the grocery store or at home and you don't have that in front of you, I like to remember it with this phrase if you want to throw the next slide up. Any individual person can pray. You know, any ask, individual invite. You can remember that. You can remember the steps. And today we're going to take what we learned last week and we're going to add to it. We're going to add to it. We're going to take what we learned last week of how to pray for known things, known pains, known challenges in people's lives. When we ask the question, how can I pray for you? And they say, well, I have this pain in my back. And okay, well, let's pray for that, that pain. But today I want, to, I want to talk about how do we speak into and how do we pray about the unknown things, the unknown things in somebody's life, the things that maybe only they'd know them and God, or maybe they don't even know. Maybe they're not even aware of where they need to receive from God or what God wants to say to them or the healing that he wants to do in their life or something that he wants to redeem in them. It's learning how to be the mouthpiece of God to another person through the power of the Holy Spirit. The image I had that came to my mind as I was prepping for this talk and thinking about it was like all of us being at a party all of us being at a party, like maybe your small group is hosting a party, right? And you're hanging out together. And if they are, I'd love to come. Don't, don't forget to invite me. But, um, but, but we've all been to parties where there's so much noise and so much commotion, it's hard to talk to each other, right? There's like, it's like even hard to talk to the person right in front of you, let alone talk to the person across the room or hear what they have to say. And the image I had in my mind was, was what if God showed up to that party, What if the Holy Spirit got an invite to that party and the Holy Spirit walked in and he saw the person on the other side of the room and he wanted to say something to them, but because of all the noise, because of all the commotion, they couldn't hear him. But what if you were standing in the middle? What if you were standing in the middle and you could hear what the Holy Spirit was wanting to say to that person and you could relay it to them? You could pass it on to them as like a megaphone or the messenger and being the voice of God in that, in that person's life. That's what I want to talk about today. That's what I want to talk about today. And so I've entitled this weekend's message, Inviting the Holy Spirit to the Party. Let me pray for us. So Holy Spirit, would you come today? Would you move among us? As we are together here in this circle and around learning how to do this Christian life thing better together. We invite you to speak to us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, now in the Bible, what better example in almost everything, especially when we're talking about being the mouthpiece of God, the eyes and ears of, and mouthpiece of the Holy Spirit, what a better example than to talk about Jesus, right? He's the best example for pretty much everything. And, and Jesus, even though he was the son of God, he's part of the Trinity, in his ministry time here, he was dependent on the Holy Spirit. 
He relied on the Holy Spirit to speak to individual people to let them know that God sees them and that God loves them. There are a number of examples of stories like this of Jesus in the Bible, and one in particular that I want to look at today with you all involving a man named Nathaniel. Now, we don't know a ton about Nathaniel. Nathaniel's name is only mentioned a few times uh, in the Gospels, twice, I believe, in John, once the story we're going to look at today at the beginning, once towards the end. But, but Nathaniel was probably a really important person. A lot of scholars believe that Nathaniel also went by another name, Bartholomew. Bartholomew, we know, was one of the 12 disciples of Jesus. Bartholomew, and the reason why we think that is probably possible is because Bartholomew was probably a last name. The, the, the letters B-A-R, bar, means son of. Son of. So son of Tholomew, whoever Tholomew was. Uh, but but it was probably a last name. Just like in our culture, we have a lot of last names that start with son, like Johnson, right? Son of John. Nathanson, son of Nathan. Or Hudson, son of Hut. Because that makes sense. Uh, no, something got lost in translation at some point, I think. But... But so it's very likely that Nathaniel and Bartholomew were one and the same person, and he was one of the 12 core followers of Jesus. And so we're going to read about the very first interaction of when Jesus and Nathaniel meet. But before that, I want to give a little bit of context. See, at the very beginning of John, just two days before Nathaniel and Jesus meet, we read that the Holy Spirit came on Jesus and descended on him like a dove. And then the very next day, the very next day, Jesus goes out and he meets Peter and Andrew and he says, come follow me. And then the day after that, he goes and meets a guy named Philip. And he says, come follow me. And Philip goes and finds his friend, Nathaniel. So the story we're going to read is taking place two days after the Holy Spirit descends on Jesus. And, and, um, and that's important, I believe, in the story. So we're going to pick up the story. It's John 1, uh, starting in verse 43 through 51. It'll be on the screens, uh, and I'll read it to you as well. You can get on your Bible or phone app, too. It says this, The next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one that Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see even greater things than that. He then added, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. We'll stop there. Okay, now, again, day two of Jesus' ministry, second day after the Holy Spirit has come and fallen on, on Jesus, and, and Jesus has now invited a guy named Philip to follow him. Philip decides to go find his friend Nathaniel, 
And, I lo- and he tells Nathaniel that we found the Messiah. It's Jesus from Nazareth. And I love how Nathaniel responds. He just, he just doesn't believe him at all. He's so skeptical. He says, Nazareth, can anything good come from that place? And, and you know, we know from later on that Nathaniel was from Cana. Cana is a town probably about three to four miles from Nazareth. They were probably neighboring towns. And, and so likely there was probably a little bit of this next door rivalry kind of going on between the two towns. So it would, it, would, it would be kind of like if you came to me as an Ohio State alumni and you said to me, we found the Messiah and he's a Michigan grad, right? I would say, no way. Nothing good comes from Michigan, right? Nothing good comes from that, right? So it's probably something like that. But Philip says, just come and see. Just come and see. Just come and see. Nathaniel, just come and see. And so what I love next and I find so interesting is that it says, when Jesus saw Nathaniel approaching him, when he saw him, when he saw him, he, he thought this. Again, remember, he's filled with the Holy Spirit. Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. He's saying, here is an Israelite who has integrity, where there's, there's nothing false or deceptive about him. Think about, think about that for a second. Think about if somebody walked up to you, a total stranger, because they've never met before, walked up to you in the grocery store, and you're passing them you know, down the aisle, and all of a sudden a total stranger says to you, you're a really honest person. What would you say to that, right? You'd probably say something like, have we met before? Do I know you? Right? You'd probably say something like that. And, and it's interesting, that's almost what Nathaniel says to him, but it's not exactly what he says to Jesus. Nathaniel says, how do you know me? Which tells us something. It tells us that Jesus was right. It tells us that Jesus was telling the truth. Nathaniel doesn't say, have we met before? He doesn't say, uh, he doesn't say something like, no, you're wrong. Actually, I'm a pathological liar. Uh, no, he doesn't say that. He says, how do you know me? Meaning, how do you know that's true about me? Who told you that? The Holy Spirit told him that. The Holy Spirit told him that. The first prophetic thing that Jesus says to Nathaniel is something about his character. It's something internal. It's something only God knew was actually true about him. Right? We can all act like we're honest. We can all, you know, we can all act like we have integrity on the outside, but God knows if we really have that. And we know if we really have that. He's, he's saying, how did you know that about me? And it, it, and it leads to the second profound thing that Jesus says to him. He says, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Now, this is an interesting phrase because we don't know exactly what this means. Some have speculated, is that a metaphor for something? Or maybe it just means like Nathaniel was sitting under a fig tree, like in the shade, right? Maybe he was praying. Maybe he was studying the Old Testament law. Maybe he was just taking a nap. Right? But it says, Jesus says, I saw you under the fig tree. Now, that can mean one of two things. That can mean that Jesus literally saw him, right? Like with his eyes. Like he was taking a walk through the park and he looked over and there he saw Nathaniel, right? He could, he, that's what it could mean. Or it could mean something else. It could mean I saw you with spiritual eyes. 
I had a vision of you under the fig tree. Now, obviously, the first one's more common. But based on how Nathaniel responds, I actually believe the second one is more likely. Because, because if Nathaniel was just hanging out at a park and there were a bunch of people around, right? He, he probably would have said, oh, yeah, there were a bunch of people around. You must recognize me. We saw that you saw me under the fig tree. But Nathaniel says, he declares, actually, he declares, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. So based on Nathaniel's response, he is so surprised. He's thinking only the son of God could know that was true. Only the son of God could know that I was under the fig tree. Only God could make that statement and know that fact. So the first thing that Jesus said, again, filled with the Holy Spirit when he saw Nathaniel was about his character, something internal that only God could know. The second thing that he says is something about Nathaniel's experience, something external that only God could know. Both things revealed by the Holy Spirit to Jesus. And that's all it took. That's all it took. About a 30-second conversation with Jesus, about a four-sentence conversation with Jesus. And Nathaniel goes from being skeptical and not believing and saying nothing good can come from Nazareth, right? To believing he is the one. He is the Messiah. And it most likely, if Nathaniel is Bartholomew, changed the trajectory of his entire life from that, from that little conversation. Talk about the power of being God's mouthpiece to someone, of speaking life into someone in some way that only God could do. You know, here at the Vineyard, we believe that these kinds of things are not only things that Jesus could do, but that the same Holy Spirit that was on and in Jesus is the same Holy Spirit that is on and in every follower of Jesus. Every, every Christian has that same Holy Spirit in them and on them. And that God can use any one of us to speak prophetically and give insights to someone like Jesus did with Nathaniel. And I know, I I have a feeling that some of you are thinking, yeah, I believe that's true. I believe that's true. But I think that's just true about other people. I don't believe that's true about me. I don't believe that God could use me in that way. Maybe you, Andrew, you're a pastor. Maybe, some, maybe my small group leader. Maybe people who know more, who've read the Bible more. Maybe people who haven't messed their life up as much as I've messed my life up. You believe that that's true about other people. You don't believe that's true about you. And I used to be like that. I used to be like that too. I used to believe God couldn't speak through me in that kind of a way. A little over, I think a decade ago, I don't remember exactly, Michael invited me, this was before I was a pastor, he invited me to tag along with him to a conference in Detroit. And again, can anything good come from Michigan? In this case, it did, it did. Uh, But he invited me to tag along with him to a conference in Detroit. Uh, Michael has a longtime friend named Gary Best, who's been a vineyard pastor up in Canada, I think Michael, it was a mentor to Michael, uh, and he was coming into Detroit to do this conference on the Holy Spirit. He was the main speaker at this conference. And he asked Michael to kind of come along and be his assistant. 
And so I was going to kind of be like the assistant to the assistant, I guess, and just kind of be the tag along. And, and so we drove up together to Detroit, Michael and I, and we met Gary at the airport. He was flying in from Vancouver and we picked him up. It's the first time I ever met him. And he said, hi, nice to meet you. My name's Gary. I'm Andrew. He said, hey, Andrew, will you help me with something at the conference? And I thought to myself, like, yeah, you need some help setting up some chairs, like passing out some handouts. And he said to me, no, you know, the whole conference is going to be about hearing from the Holy Spirit. And so at some point in the conference, I want to do this activity where we're going to demonstrate that really anybody can hear from the Holy Spirit prophetically, even about a total stranger. And so I'm going to invite up somebody, a random person from the audience, and I'm going to invite them up onto the stage. And then I'm going to have you come up and we're going to wait on the Holy Spirit. And we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to give you a prophetic word for this person you've never met. And you're going to share it in front of everybody. And I thought to myself, can I just pass out some handouts? Right? Like, can I just, like, but I said yes to this day. I still don't know why I said yes, but I said yes. The entire, re- I mean, this was a whole weekend conference. I was so nervous. I was so anxious the entire time. This was not something I had a lot of experience with at the time. This was not something I felt comfortable with at all. I just kept thinking, I hope he forgets. I hope we run out of time. You know, but eventually as we were going, it took a while, but as we got further into the conference, like uh, Gary said, okay, now we're going to do this activity. And I thought, oh no. And he said, I'm going to invite, and he explained what we're going to do. I'm going to invite up a, a person from the audience to do this. And, and he asked for a volunteer in the audience. And I prayed like I had never prayed before in my life. I prayed, dear God, if you love me. Make everybody's hands weigh a million pounds right now. Like, please, dear God, will there be no volunteers? And, but lo and behold, this one woman in the back middle raised her hand slowly. And Gary said, okay, come on up. Come on up. He said, come on. Okay, now where's Andrew? And I was in the corner sucking on my thumb in the fetal position. You know, no, it's not true. But, um, but I, I came up and he explained what we were going to do. He said, so here's what, Andrew's going to demonstrate this. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit. We're going to wait. Andrew's going to, we're going to see if we get a, he gets a prophetic word for this woman to encourage her. And, um, but, he, but then he said, he said, and just for practice, the rest of you in the audience, I just want you to be just, just listening to. Just, this is just practice. Andrew's going to demonstrate it. You just, you, you practice it. You listen as we're waiting on the Holy Spirit. Just be listening to see if there's any random thoughts that go through your mind. See if any pictures go through your mind. See if any uh, words come to mind. See if any Bible verses pop up in your mind. See if any feelings in your body, sensations or pains or anything like that, or just, you know, senses go through. Just pay attention to those things. But Andrew's going to demonstrate it. You guys just practicing. And so I was so nervous and so scared. I had already made up in my mind that if God didn't give me anything, I would just make something up and I would ask forgiveness later. Uh, but God is so faithful. The Holy Spirit is so faithful. And as, we were, as I looked at this woman, I just had a, a simple picture of Jesus putting a crown on her head and I saw the word princess. And I didn't know how she would receive this because like she was stoic. I couldn't read her expression. I'm sure she was quite nervous. But she was just stoked. There was nothing on her face that, you know, that made me think, like, I don't know how she's going to respond to this. So, Gary, we were, this was all, as we were waiting on the Holy Spirit, that's the picture I got. 
And I thought, okay, I got something at least. And, and he says, okay, Andrew, do you think you have some? I said, I think so. Well, before you share it, I'm just curious, he says, did anybody in the audience get any thoughts running through their mind that they think might be for this woman as well? And 20, 30 hands went up. And he said, okay, here's what we're really gonna do. Those 20, 30 of you, if you're willing to, will you come up? We're gonna give you the microphone. We're gonna form a line. Andrew, I want you to go to the back of the line. You're gonna share last. And we're gonna have all these people share what they saw. Now, some of the words were a little bit random. Some of them, I think, didn't quite fit or apply and, or didn't seem to resonate with the woman. But the majority of the words were all on the same theme. They were words like, I just feel like the Lord says he wants to, you to know that he sees you as his daughter. I, want, I think the Lord wants you to know that I saw the word royalty. I saw you covered in jewels, beautiful jewels, like a queen. I saw you in a white gown as the bride of Christ. And as people started sharing those words, this stoic woman started to just melt. Her, her, the, her, her, like, there just started with te little tears. And then by the time it got to me and I shared my word about princess, she was already sobbing. It really didn't even matter what I had said. Because at that point, God had already made it really clear what he was trying to speak to her. And what I didn't know, what nobody really else knew in the room was that this woman had experienced tons of painful abandonment in her life. Tons of abandonment from her father, tons of abandonment from men in relationships. And that was exactly what she needed to hear from the Lord, but nobody else knew it. Nobody else knew it in the room. And that moment changed me, changed me. And I know it changed her. And what I love about that story is it took a community. It wasn't just me. It wasn't just me sharing that word. It was a community. It was the repetition of that word appearing over and over again in different ways, in different aspects that I think made an impression of this really must be God trying to speak to you, wanting to encourage you and build you up. You know, it was together as a group that we heard from the Holy Spirit, that we were seeing this woman the way that God sees her and hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit for her. But Andrew, what if I get it wrong? I'm not Jesus. No, you're not. <laughs> Neither am I. So what if I get it wrong? What if I, I can't hear? And, that, and, and that's possible. Sometimes we do get it wrong. But if you're a Christian, again, the same Holy Spirit that was in him is in you. And there were plenty of people, like I said, that shared words that didn't, I don't think, stick. And that's okay because together as a body, the Lord used us. And again, it's like trying to hear the voice of God at a party with all the commotion. You know, you know God's saying, I love you. And you're, you're, there's so much noise. You're, you're hearing elephant shoe? You know, like, no, no, like sometimes it's hard to hear or we take a chance and we say, I think this is what God's saying. And we're like, no, no, I don't think so. But thank you so much. But right? that's okay. 
We have to leave, leave room to be wrong. And that's why it's so important that we, when, we, when we share something with somebody that we think is from the Lord, we don't say it as absolute truth. We don't say it as absolute truth. We, we use disclaimer language of things like, hey, this is what I think I'm hearing. This is what I think I'm sensing from the Lord. Does that resonate with you? Does that fit with you? We give the person the ability to say, no, I don't think so, without being really uncomfortable. We, we create space for there to be an out. And that happens to me all the time. All the time I'll share things with people and it will be like, oh, I don't think so. Okay, Andrew, but what if I don't get it wrong, but what if I don't hear anything at all? What if I don't hear anything at all, right? That's not worried, I'm not worried about being wrong. I'm worried about the, like not getting anything at all. Well, many times, many times I'm, I'm inv- like asking the Lord to give me something for somebody, I don't hear anything at all. You know, for the 20 or 30 people who did hear something at that conference, there were dozens and dozens of more people that didn't hear anything. And that's okay, because as a group, as a group, we heard what God wanted to say to her. It's okay to be wrong. It's okay to hear nothing. And oftentimes we hear God differently. We do. We all hear God differently. Some people tend to get visual pictures or sympathetic pains in their body. Other people might say, I've never had a picture. I've never had a a pain in my body, but sometimes I'll see words written like princess, right? Or something like that. Sometimes I'll have a random Bible verse that I haven't read in a long, long time pop to my mind, right? Sometimes it's more of just a direction of how to pray for a person, like a sense of, hey, I just had a sense of to ask you about your family. You know, could I pray for your family? Is there anything going on in your family? Well, yeah, actually, my family's kind of a mess right now. You could definitely pray for that. Sometimes it's just a a sense of a direction. That's hearing God's voice. That's seeing the person through God's eyes. We all see and hear God differently. And we are all needed in the body of Christ. And where we can be our best, our absolute best, is when we are doing it together because we're just better together as the body of Christ. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. I hope that what you heard has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. For more information and to contact us, go to vcdc.org. We'll bless you. Have a wonderful week.